0: Hello, everyone, and welcome
1: to UGA Sports Georgia Recruiting Rumors versus Facts. I am Blaine Gilmer here with Jed May and Trent Smallwood as we once again are coming live to you, this time on a Wednesday night instead of a Monday night, like usual. It'll be the last time for a little while now. We've got uh, all the things that were kind of in our way out of the way, and now we're going to be covering all things Georgia football recruiting. And uh, Jed is Judging by your cheat sheet that you put out today, uh, there the page has been turned to the class of 2023, and it is still a pretty wide field open right now.
2: Yeah, it took a lot longer to uh, build that thing in February as compared to building it in June or July last year, when the when that, when that class was uh, was most of most of the way done. But yeah, Georgia's got nine commitments right now, which leaves what 15 to 20 spots, depending on how many guys they take and. Like y'all said, there's a lot of room to go. There's no running backs, no quarterbacks uh, committed. Obviously, there's still a lot of holes to fill. So it's time. It's time to look at that class and and see where we go from here. Absolutely. Trent, I mean, uh, thoughts, you know, now that
1: signing day, the – I guess the non more non-eventful signing day is wrapped up and now officially looking at the 2023s i know georgia's been working on the 2023 class for quite a while now already but uh what are your thoughts just kind of heading into this fresh start so to speak
0: you know i I think i think there's a lot of uh uh, guys in state that they that they uh, i'm looking forward to seeing you know with the staff that they have uh you know more of a georgia staff if they can lock down those guys in state and, and keep them from the Clemsons and the Alabamas and, uh, and those type guys. So I think that would be key to, uh, you know, landing a uh, top class, uh, you know, th- there is a quarterback, uh, you know, uh, out in Mississippi, uh, I guess Mississippi, Louisiana, Louisiana, Louisiana uh, yeah. I don't know where he lives, but, uh, <laughs> um, uh, you don't live in the state of Georgia, but they're going to have some some key out-of-state guys. But I'm interested to see, you know, the Justice Haynes and those type of guys, if they can lock down the state in this class.
1: No doubt. And it, the thing that inter- interests me a little bit is seeing Kirby Smart for the first time uh, going after players who he either played with their dads at UGA or just missed them coming at UGA and is very familiar with them. Justice Haynes is one that you just mentioned. Of course, Justin Benton is a guy who went down to IMG after getting an offer from Georgia way back in his freshman season at Newton. Goes to IMG now. He's back at Newton, so he's back in state. He's a he played. He's the son of Philip uh, Benton, played linebacker in the mid '90s for Georgia. Um, then, of course, you got Lawson Lucky, who's one of the the uh, Mike Lucky's son, one of the Lucky triplets that played for. Uh, Coach Don, and he's committed as a tight end in this class. Marcus Washington, a Georgia legacy, committed in this class. So the, the legacy Bulldogs could be paying big dividends in this class, Jed, uh, the 2023, this 2023
2: go-around. Yeah, and, and you look at even some of the, um, I guess, lesser heralded guys. Bryce Thornton over at Milton is is a perfect example, a guy that I've been impressed with when I play. And I don't know if he's going to end up at Georgia or not, but, you know, let's say Georgia – you know, misses. He's you know a, a safety sl- safety star type. You know, if Georgia maybe misses on the on the Caleb Downses and jo- Janelle guerreros of the world, circles back on Bryce and says, "Hey, we've got this family connection. Your dad obviously played here about twenty years ago. Why not carry on the tradition here?" So there's all kind of guys and connections, like you said, in this class plane, that adds a little interesting uh, interesting twist, um, especially when you consider you know obviously Kirby's sister with this program too. No doubt, and it's a. It says something about this Georgia program, right? When you've got uh,
1: five, and and even when you count, you know, interim head coaches now and all that kind of stuff, six or seven uh, of the last Georgia head football coaches that are in. Athens. So it says something about that community and you would have to think that would bleed over into the, the sons of guys who played in Athens as well, like in that community. I know, uh, speaking of the, the community of Athens and things like that, that was a real high point. when I talked to Arch Manning's coach not long ago. He said he just loved the town of Athens. He loved the, the community, loved the atmosphere, and he, it was kind of part of that quote where he said, Georgia hasn't had one misstep in the recruitment the entire time, and that's a, that's a big deal. So know uh, we're going to have a lot of questions about arch manning and and things along that nature but uh you know jed at at this point we're really starting to look at guys that are taking georgia the most serious here early who's georgia done the most leg leg work with they've got nine commitments right now in the class and they got a little bit closer maybe to a commitment today with a a edge prospect that dropped a top five
2: yeah to parker out of um out of phoenix city alabama obviously right across the uh the border there, and he dropped the top five, is Georgia, Penn State, Alabama, Tennessee. Ohio State. Ohio State. There you go. I missed one. And it was interesting because you talk to a lot of these guys, like, oh, you know, Will Muschamp is, is developing this relationship. Kirby Smart, um, you know, Trey Scott. Tamarian Parker's relationship on the staff arguably is with Robert Muschamp, you know, a quality control guy. And that just shows you how deep and talented this recruiting staff is. Um, Tamarian, he, he came to Athens for the championship celebration um, a couple of weeks ago. And, and he loves in Athens. He loves the coaching staff. They see him as like a Nolan Smith uh, type guy coming off the edge. And I think, you know, t- just talking to some guys around that program and around mm-hmm. the Marion, I think Georgia's in a very good spot for him, obviously, right now. And as an aside, you know, Alabama obviously made the list, but Auburn didn't make the list. And I, I took a a detour to the Auburn board, as I've done over the past Man. few days, everything going on <laughs> over there. and those What people, a mess that yeah, is. I mean, there was a thread. One of their guys posted that Auburn did not make the top five. And there was probably – that thing had four thousand views and a hundred some comments in a couple hours, just because people saying Harson can't recruit, and apparently Auburn didn't make it over to Phoenix City, yeah. which is what forty five minutes from. Auburn. I saw,
0: I saw, I saw one of the things that says, "There's your cause for firing." Yeah, uh, exactly, exactly. <laughs> There's the cause
1: right there. The cause to get crazy. out of that forty million. I think they would, uh, if they, if they go full buyout on Harson with what they owe to Ma- uh, Malzahn and 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 other coaches who aren't coaching there anymore, they would end up having. Forty million dollars uh, committed to coaches no longer commit uh, co- co- no longer coaching at Auburn. Uh, I mean that that would be a catastrophe. I mean, then you just started a ninety-two million dollar uh, facility project overhaul over there. So, man, it's a uh, it's it's trying times for sure. And two guys, I, that- number
2: one recruiting class for forty million dollars absolutely absolutely i mean
1: that's 10 more than uh 10 more than
2: a and m right and don't don't yeah. let
1: jimbo hear you say that he will he will uh he'll start going all slice bread on you and everything you know and some guy named Slice bread on the internet i don't even know who <laughs> Slice bread is on the internet y'all read anything on the interweb you know but uh so jimbo of course upset but when you when it comes down to it uh, two guys at Auburn would love to have right there in their backyard that we put on the cover of the show today. Um, Quay, uh, Quay Russo and James Smith. Those were two, uh, before we get to questions and everything, I did want to kind of recap some of the guys that came through in January already. Those are two players that train at madhouse training there that, that every coach basically went through and kind of, you know, kissed the ring of the trainers over there, Saban, Kirby, everybody else, because they produce some crazy athletes out of that training facility. Two guys from Montgomery, Alabama, James Smith, kind of pulled a Justin Benton. Right, uh, Benton, he went to IMG. Now he's come back to Carver. So both there at Carver and Montgomery. And uh, Kirby Smith went over there, watched Quay, uh, Quay Roussall play basketball. These are two athletes that are just off the charts athletic and Trent that picture uh that we have and I'll put it up here for everybody on on YouTube to see again uh down here in the bottom bottom right when you see James Smith standing there sunglasses and all beside Kirby uh you know I, Quay Russo sick every bit of six foot three right there beside Kirby and James Smith just dwarfs over him he's as a big big young man
0: yeah that's a good looking uh that's a good looking defensive lineman. I'm sure Trey Scott would love to get his hands on. I mean, he kind of, you know, the thing about it is, is Georgia's landed some elite, uh, some elite defense linemen like your uh, Trayvon Walkers and stuff. But they really haven't, uh, you know, landed a ton of elite interior. And, and and Trey Scott's just developed those guys up. It'd be interesting to see what he does with a with with some elite guys. I know Jalen Carter was a higher, higher four star, but um you know, I, I I'd love to see Trey Scott get his hands on James Smith.
1: No doubt. No doubt. James Smith
0: is a guy that
1: is being compared. When I when I've talked to people around him, they they threw out the name Jordan Davis, right? In terms of being big and just freakishly athletic, get being able to impact the defense simply by just his alignment alone, right? Like where where you have to know where he is at all times and you have to account for him with the double team block and and just pray to god he doesn't uh blow it up you know so that's that's the kind of player that that james smith is and uh you know he's really getting up there 310 i think it's the weight they had him at before he in that picture james smith looks a little bit more than 310 in that picture so i can't wait for the summer to roll around we get some some more uh you know official weights on these guys as they go to camps and all that kind of stuff but uh, very, very interesting prospect there. And then, of course, you know, one thing that we have to talk about is the the wide receiver hire, right? With uh, Brian McClendon coming back to Georgia, speaking of former Georgia head coaches, right? He's undefeated as Georgia's head coach <laughs> as, a, as an interim. He comes back into in Athens now, and he's already, Trent, making a huge impact when it comes to wide receiver uh, recruitment. And simply another guy
0: that we have on the cover, uh, Brandon Ennis, has already voiced his pleasure with the hire. I think one thing that uh McClendon brings is just a known name. Um I, you know, they've had a lot of unknown names uh you know at recruiting and I think it takes a little while to get your name uh out there and uh McClendon is one, you know, a must champ. Uh, as soon as he started recruiting at Georgia, he's a known name. He's built relationships for many years. I think a lot of these uh uh guys like, you know, a uh, uh, Hankton or something You know, it takes time to build those relationships and McClendon has those relationships. He's been building those relationships with kids since, you know, seventh, eighth grade. And so he has that, uh, you know, already in the back pocket, you know, he's already built those relationships and I think that's what he brings to Athens is those prior relationships that's going to help him uh, land some top rated guys in this class. Well, I talked to Caden Lee, right? Uh, Caden Lee, who was
1: at Westlake last year. Now he's, he's moved over to Kennesaw mountain and, you know, he said that Brian McClendon had already reached out to him, but it since it since being uh, hired at Georgia. But he said he already had a previous relationship with him, as you mentioned from Oregon. So going back to his, so he was Oregon, then Miami for briefly, then to Georgia. So uh, he Caden Lee had talked to him from back at, at the Oregon days, and uh, Caden Lee, for those that don't know, he's a he's a little bit of an undersized wide receiver. You know, he's he's borderline six foot, but reminds me a lot in his game of how. Uh, of how Jermaine Burton moved around, right? I mean, he's, he's so quick in and out of, in and out of cuts. Tremendous dexterity catches everything away from his body. So Caden Lee is a guy who he burst onto the scene for Westlake last year, had over a thousand yards receiving, look for him to have a big year. And I'm sure we'll get out and cover one of his games at Kennesaw Mountain, uh, this, uh, this year for sure. But, um, he, he said that, you know, he loved to hire and also another name that he threw out has already reached out and talked to him, uh, Jed is Mike Bobo, and that's a, that's another familiar name that's come back to town and is going to be able to – I don't think there's any substitute for what Georgia has in recruiting when you've got guys like McClendon, Kirby, Muschamp, Bobo that played for the University of Georgia. And, I mean,
2: that passion just comes out, right, when they're recruiting. Exactly. I mean, Kirby Smart, I mean, bleeds it no matter – Every time he has a press conference, you know, and those guys, they know the campus, even if it's changed a little bit um, since since they've been in town. But they know what what the Georgia program is about. Mike Bobo, obviously, after playing here, coached here um, for a long time as well, and Brian McClendon too. So they know this program, and I think it even goes a step above guys that have just played at a program when you have guys that not only have played there but stayed to coach. Because obviously, like you mentioned earlier, Brian, it says something about the community when those guys want to stay. And then obviously come back. My Brian McClendon, A was at Oregon. B had just gone to Miami. Miami is a cool place, Blaine. We were there for the yeah. for the for the, uh, for the Orange Bowl. It's a cool place. Kind of little traffic, a little hot, but it's a cool place. <laughs> and McClendon was there for what two months, and then he gets the call and and he comes back home. So there's there's some sort of pull there for all these guys, and I think that's going to be something um, that they'll be able to sell in recruiting, especially guys like Kirby and Muschamp that can uh, do it with a national championship ring now too
0: with him being on the west coast too it, it's going to draw you know those uh california get kids you know just just their prior relationships with those kids because he was in california or uh, at oregon for a while recruiting the west coast so he's gonna he's got those relationships with kids all over the country now miami uh especially georgia and then the west coast say, i mean in it, south carolina he can dip into yeah. the carolinas too i mean
1: uh you know he's a guy who did did a lot of work uh you know, while he was at South Carolina, and actually uh, hurt Georgia a little bit in, in recruiting at times. So, um, you know, when it comes to to that, Georgia's picked up some key pieces. Uzo Uzo Dreebe, I think, is how you pronounce the new offensive linebackers' last name. I'm just going to call him Coach Uzo uh, because it's a lot easier for me. <laughs> uh, don't know. Don't know a ton about in terms of guys he's been able to recruit in terms of big I was looking at the track record and things like that but in terms of you know he was a he was a guy who played at Colorado you know he's got a he's got a uh, he seems to have a lot of energy when he's when he's coming and and coaching and things like that and you would have to assume that translates over to recruiting because Kirby Smart is not going to hire anyone that uh, he doesn't think is going to be able to recruit at a high level
0: I look at him as kind of a a guy where they know that they have which he might end up being a good recruiter like Trey Scott's turned in to be, but that they, they hired him as a guy who's gonna uh that they feel like can come in and develop talent. And uh and that's what that they, they hired Trey Scott because they knew, you know, just his background of, of of coaching and they they knew he'd be able to come in and develop talent. And now it's turning over to recruiting with him because he's gonna start putting guys in the NFL. But I think that's kind of what they're looking at. We we have recruiters on the defense staff. Now let's find somebody that can really coach them up, relate to these kids, and uh, and I think this this is what this hire is. And and, and you know, Georgia Georgia has a, a history of putting outside linebackers, inside linebackers in the NFL. But uh, I think this I think he's going to be able to come in and and develop this young talent because mm-hmm. although they they do have Nolan Smith and Robert Bill coming, there's a lot of young guys behind them that's going uh, that need that development. And I think I think. Uzo's gonna be a, a guy to come in and, and and help with that.
1: And speaking uh speaking of, you know, some we talked about a the com- community earlier with athens and all that kind of stuff well was, we also have a community over on the on the vault and the vent and all that kind of stuff and trent you're already getting a apology for for a little bander you must have had back today with old pine tree he's <laughs> eric m saying you know this is pine tree here he said he loves you trent that sorry for the little bickering y'all had today y'all <laughs> y'all getting a spat on something on the on the vault what's going on man
0: i don't know he was he was talking about uh I can't even remember what it was to be honest, so it wasn't a big deal to me because I can't even remember what we were talking about. So uh, something about oh yeah, it was about Arch and the 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 quarterback pecking order. Uh, you know, as as far as Georgia's recruiting a couple of different quarterbacks, and all of them might not have a committable offer. Uh, Arch might be the only one that that can commit right now, as far as that. But uh, I was just explaining that you know. Georgia's not approaching it that way george is, george is going after their uh they're not only going after arch as 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 uh going after him hard they're going after a couple of other quarterbacks hard and uh whether they got a committable offer at this point or not
1: yeah it, that's that's what remains to be seen right and there's going to be some interesting timing that we're going to address right on here and uh, guys everybody in the youtube chat we're not uh ignoring you or anything like that we're we handle all the people who are on the vault first that if you subscribe to ugasports.com part of the deal every month is that great community over there with the the vent and the vault and we uh, do a post each week for the show and let people submit questions so we're going to answer those first and then we'll get to the YouTube uh, comments later on in there uh, in just a little while so without further ado let's go ahead Jed, and hit our first question here from Elko Dog.
2: Yeah, Mr. Elko says, who are the must-have guys based on position of need for the 2022 – 2023 – God, old habits die hard – 2023 uh, class?
1: Yeah, I think uh, the biggest needs in this class uh, are going to be all offensive line – and wide receiver, right? In terms of on the offensive side of the ball. So I guess when you have to ask there, who are the biggest guys, uh, the biggest targets that you can go after? I think Brandon Ennis is the one that that jumps out at me, of course. Uh, you know, if if this was uh, a couple years ago, Trent and Jam- James James Cully was uh, was was here as Coach Don had like to say, he he says James Cully is the greatest South Florida recruiter ever like bar none like that's it uh, the, give it given that mantle but you've got now you know brian McLennan who of course was there i think that's a that's a huge advantage as we've already talked about they have two good ones uh four stars already committed into quavius uh sorry and raymond Cottrell. if they could add somebody like a caden lee i mean they've got a bunch of others braylon james out in texas that they're going after but i think wide receiver
0: and then offensive line could be a could be a big deal for georgia in this class I think running back as well, because uh, yeah, I think you have the potential to lose uh, maybe three guys after this year. Uh, Kenny McIntosh, Kendall Milton, Dejon Edwards. Don't know what his future holds. So uh, I think running back's a, a position because you're bringing in Branson. You know, you're bringing in Paul. Those are two uh, more power backs but you're losing your, uh, uh, you know, you had your James Cook this year. You have your Kenny McIntosh next year. You always need that threat out of the backfield, especially mm-hmm. catching the mm-hmm. ball. And I think that'll be a position that, that Georgia needs to uh, to fill as well. Jed, in terms of
1: those offensive linemen, I mean, you put a bunch of them on your cheat sheet today. If if there, if there is uh, those, those running backs that Trent talking about, they're going to need people to – they're going to need to replenish up front because this will be, you know, Georgia didn't – Take as many of numbers right in the offensive line. Maybe I think only four this time around instead of the five or six that they usually take. So some of those guys are going to be moving out, whether it's via transfer or out of eligibility. Who are some of the guys Georgia's looking at, at at up front in the offensive
2: line in twenty twenty three? Yeah, you look at Madden Sanker out of South Paulding. I mean, he's a guy he he we've seen him. Um, he he plays very physical. He's very agile. He's a wrestler too. So obviously that's something uh, that you look at as a coach um and i think george is in and blaine i think you'd agree george is in a very good spot for him right now they've done a they've made him feel like a priority in this class he's been on campus i don't know it seems like 15 times over the past few months um obviously bo hewley is already committed um miles mcveigh right miles Miles mcveigh there's a bunch of weirdly there's a bunch of guys from miles mcveigh is out there logan Reichert's out there um in i believe both are in missouri um samson okalola up in massachusetts actually spoke with him last night um so there's a bunch of guys kind of scattered a little bit all over the place that um that george is going to like to add in this class and, and the one that if
1: if above all if if they could get one that in terms of if i was in charge of the recruiting the guy that i would put the budget on to go after would be tj shanahan jr that moved out to Westlake uh mm-hmm. high school in texas i mean unbelievable physicality out of TJ Shanahan we saw him at the Rivals 5 star he came with all the actually the the rising you know seniors last year as a as a rising junior and dominated i mean he was he was he, he was MVP. dominant
2: Offensive line. Yeah, MVP.
1: he won the MVP for sure. So uh TJ TJ Shanahan Jr. He plays nasty. He's been to Georgia. He's visited. He's got a good relationship with Matt Luke. They have to worry a lot about Texas AM, right? Texas AM, him being an in-state guy and the University of Texas, USC's after him hard as well. Um, you know, Lincoln Riley and those guys. But if Georgia can stay in that thing and get him on an official late, uh, that would be huge for the potential of the offensive line class there. All right. Uh Helifano says, knowing the offensive and defensive schemes that Georgia runs, what position is the easiest for a true freshman to make an immediate impact? And what position would be the hardest? I can answer the hardest. It's quarterback. Okay. <laughs> it's quarterback. And Georgia's offense. It's quarterback. I
0: think it's quarterback. quarterback on offense and star on defense. Um yeah. I think that would be the two This that's the toughest. Uh, easiest would probably be defensive line and running back would be my – guess um running back running back's harder because the blocking schemes but just just pure playing as a freshman i think wide receiver's tough um quarterback's tough uh i mean brock bowers kind of proved that tight end wasn't as tough but he's just kind of a freak so uh i I would say running back and and uh defense line I, i agree wholeheartedly the only other one i would throw in there is
1: maybe if if you're just a unbelievable corner uh you know like a like a uh, Jaheem Singletary, you know, could have an opportunity to come in and play right away because you know, if if you're just that elite of a guy and end up being someone that they truly believe in, they can say, "Hey, we're gonna you know scheme it up to where he's in man coverage, and that's all he's gonna have to worry about." You know, I mean, uh, they could they could simplify it. And uh, Georgia even played a lot more zone this year on on uh, on in in this defense. So um, I think, I think- Paul-
0: yeah, I think what makes the defense so hard to play under Kirby's defense, especially, is all the match coverages they run. And, uh, uh, you know, I, th- I think that makes it tough for a freshman, uh, you know, picking that up, especially if you're not an early enrollee. But, um, but yeah, I, I, I would say corner as well uh, is probably the next behind defense line. And, and then Jed, uh, Helfano had a follow-up question here.
2: Yeah, early impressions on the 2023 class in Georgia as compared with recent years, with LT Overton reclassifying, the top end talent certainly takes a hit.
1: I don't know about that. I'm just being honest with you. I, I don't. I don't think that that's a big. I don't. I, I don't think that's as big of a talent hit as you think to the to the top of it. I. I, I don't know necessarily that. Um. Well, I may write a piece on something on that later, but I don't know necessarily that uh, he would. He. He would have been ended up as a five star uh, in the class of 2023, even if he would stayed in the class of 2023. So, um, you know that aside, I think early impressions in the in the state of Georgia, you know, you got to look at guys like uh, Bo Hewley, who has shot up the rankings. I mean, he's he's one of the top offensive linemen, you know, ranked out there now. He's a very high high four star, six foot seven, you know, two hundred and seventy five pounds. Uh, can really play out there. I think Justice Haynes is unbelievable talent. Justin, uh, like we said, Justin Benton is a guy who's, who's a, a four-star that that's out there. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, in, if you're talking about the top quarterback, he's out in Louisiana, but the top running back is in is in Georgia, uh, you know, top receiver in, in Florida. So, uh, I don't know, Jed, I mean, what's your impression of the 2023 class in terms of, you know, overall talent?
2: Yeah, I mean, there's some guys that you mentioned. I mean, look at Bo Hewley, who, like you said, is rising up, and Madden Sanker, who I believe is, what, number one or two offensive guard in, in the newest rivals ranking. So if Georgia – obviously, Bo Hewley's already committed. You get those two guys. Those are two guys from riding right your state that that very easily could be starting um, on your offensive line. And then you look on the defensive side of the ball, Caden McDonald from um, from North Gwinnett, Stefan uh, Green from Rome, Kayshaun Thomas down at Brunswick. I mean, there's some guys kind of – all over the state um, that are out there, but Kay and Lee at corner. K- Caleb Downs is what the number one or two um, safety. Yeah, Caleb
1: Downs is is fifty
2: four. Uh, he's twenty third overall. Yeah, and Raul Laguire as well over at Whitewater. So there's guys kind of. There's not one position I don't think that's super super deep, but every position it seems like has got a guy you know near the the the, the top of the of the list that's right here in the state. Gabriel
1: Harris and Vic Burley, two edge edge defenders that are both in the top 50 in the state. So I don't know about that. I think the state of Georgia is just fine when it comes to talent in the, in the class of 2023.
2: All right, Jed, what we got next here? Colony city dog. What top receivers are the dogs looking good with right now? How would an arch Manning commitment help with these or other top receivers?
1: Well, uh, you know, in terms of, We've mentioned him before, Brandon Ennis. I think Georgia has a has a good shot there. They went out and they visited uh, Braylon James out in Texas. Uh, the former coach, I can't, uh, his name escapes me right now, but the former coach, he used to be the coach of the national team at IMG, has headed out there to DeVal where Braylon James. Uh, Plays and Kirby Smart and and Todd Munkin and a couple of those guys went out there and and uh, visited that that school. So I think uh, they get a good shot with uh, guys like him. I mean, they're after Jalen Hill out, out in uh, you know Longview Longview Texas as well. Um, so there's there's that state of Texas. Trent has really become somewhere that Georgia's not afraid to go into, and that may be, that may say something about how down uh, the Longhorns have been over the last few years.
0: Yeah, it just depends on if Texas AM's got any oil money left. Um t- but uh yeah, you mentioned wide receivers. You got Hakeem Williams too down in Florida, uh that Georgia's after. Um just you know, I I, I think Georgia uh, I I don't see many guys in the state of Georgia, which we've talked about in the in, in the past as far as wide receivers in this class. But I think you're gonna be able to hit the Florida and Texas hard in this class and and, and land some land some good uh elite talent there.
1: Yeah. Like I said, Georgia is going to be looking to reload uh, at wide receiver in this class because it's just the way that it goes. Right. The the cycle out that the the Donnie Mitchells and all those guys, they'll be entering in their junior year with hopes of going to the NFL and all that kind of stuff. So they got to kind of, you know, re up and things, things along that, that line. So, uh, you know, we'll We'll keep it. We'll keep a check on all those receivers, but the ones that we mentioned there, you know, the Braylon James, the Brandon Ennis, uh, Caden Lee, all those type of guys, they're they're in in good position with Hakeem uh, Williams, like uh, like Trent mentioned as well. So uh, those are those are the type of guys there that you're looking at. All right, PA Dog six ten with the addition of McClendon and the possibility of landing Manning. In your opinion, does that is this attract elite wide receivers? Jed, we were talking about this before. I think this is a pretty good pretty. Pretty, it's pretty straightforward answer on this one.
2: Yes, um, yeah, and well, and it's, I mean, just so we uh, spend a little more time on this question than four seconds. It's like Trent mentioned earlier, the the connections with Brian McClendon all over the country. I mean, I, we talked with Kyler Casper from Arizona, who Georgia offered, I believe, in January, and you reached out to him, and he's like, "Yeah, I know Coach McClendon. He recruited me in Oregon." I mean, there's guys all over the country that Brian McClendon has, has recruited that Georgia is now going to at least have an end with, you know, is Brian McClendon going to land, you know, every top receiver in California? No, but if you have connections with those guys and you get them on campus for visits, then, you know, an unofficial could lead to an official could lead to a return visit, all that kind of stuff. So um, those kind of connections are going to be huge, huge, huge for Georgia, you know, especially in these next couple of classes with these guys that coach McClendon already, um, you know, has relationships uh, built with from other places.
1: And Trent, when it comes to Arch Manning, uh, one reason that he's such a big recruit, it's not simply his skill set, right? It's also the Manning name and the Manning marketability and all that kind of stuff that that comes with it. And now in the age of NIL, that, Trent, is just something that, you know, receivers say, oh, I could be in a commercial with Arch Manning, you know, something something oh, yeah. like that if I'm his number one, like that, that kind of stuff. So, you know, I think that's something that has to be taken into account now.
0: It definitely does, because I mean, you land a you land a guy with a name like that. It's it's just, just going to help you out, and uh, I, I think you'll see if Arch does pull the trigger to Georgia. I think you'll see uh, definitely some some guys come with him, and and I'm looking more towards uh, you know the rotations have been bigger. I think that's being a big complaint. I, uh, if you look at Oregon, the rotations were a little smaller, uh, at, especially when him running wide receivers at Oregon. So I think I think you'll see it. Uh, I, I, Maybe five or six guys. Um, I don't think you're going to, you know, see anything like Alabama, where they run three guys all season and and end up where they did at the end of the season and not have anybody that can fill in. But I think you're going to you're going to see that push down to about five or six instead of uh, eight or nine. And, and there's no telling what would happen this year. Uh, I think injuries caused the depth. Uh, the rotations this year. I think uh, you saw the injuries and then you saw A.D. Mitchell and Ladd McConkey come on strong at the beginning of the year. Then you start getting guys back healthy and then you really can't take A.D. and Ladd off the field. So you're stuck with a seven, eight man rotation. But uh, it'd be interesting to see the rotation because I think that plays a big factor with, with especially with negative recruiting with Georgia um, at the receiver position. No doubt. I mean, it,
1: I think that could be a thing of the past now just simply because kirby smart can say yeah well you know you may you may not catch as many balls or something like that but it, you know we won a national championship 14 guys in the nfl combine which is more than any other uh, any other team i mean that's a that's a big that's a big uh, thing to throw out there so i agree i think that maybe they can uh, combat some of that and and mcclendon's style of uh, rotating guys could help out as well um North Buckhead dolls says where does Texas stand in the recruitment of Arch Manning and would the hiring of Cutcliffe as an offensive analyst make them the favorite over UGA? Were they the second team behind UGA um, Jed from my from from everything that I've gathered, uh, I felt like Texas is uh, they're there but they're nowhere near uh, being them and them and Old Miss are kind of the the teams I feel like this is an Alabama Georgia race.
2: Yeah, it's like Georgia and Alabama, tier 1A, and then you got Texas no-miss 1B, and then below you got the you know the schools like Clemson who were in it and, and have kind of dropped out. So, yeah, it's I mean, certainly everybody knows the the Cutcliffe angle, and, and it's, it's a valid question to be asked, and I don't, you know, if we want to really get our tinfoil hats on, is that the reason Texas hired Cutcliffe? I don't know. He's obviously a good offensive mind, or else he wouldn't have been a coach for as long as he has, but You know the the guys at Georgia. You know Buster Faulkner, Kirby Smart, obviously Todd Munkin. They have done such a good job cultivating these relationships with Arch over the past you know couple years or or whatever how long they've been recruiting him. That I don't think I don't think Arch would pick Texas over Georgia solely because of of Cutcliffe being there just because of the job Georgia's guys done. Could he end up going to Texas? Absolutely, Um, but I don't think Cutcliffe is is you know. Is the 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 deciding factor by any means,
1: Trent? I mean, also you know, Cutcliffe. No, I mean, it's not the that it's a you know, end all, beat all on the on the age marker, But he's sixty eight, going on or sixty seven, going on sixty eight. It's got another year before Archman even gets on you know campus. He may he may be there with uh, Sark for a little while and say, you know what, I just I just want to I just want to not do this anymore. You know, so there's no guarantee he'll even be there.
0: Yeah, and, and I talked to somebody tonight, and they actually s- said, uh, "Point blank, the you know the Manning family is a smart family. They 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 do their research. You know, they they they've been uh, they, they've been on many visits. Um, you know that they, they're not going to make a decision based on you know a hiring of an analyst, basically. Um, that the I I don't see. I think Cutcliffe is you know that they, they are very close to uh, Cutcliffe is very close to the Manning family. Of course, he is." But I don't think um, Arch would necessarily make a decision based off of that. I think they've done their homework. I think they've done uh, – they've, they've gone on numerous visits to to a lot of top schools, or a lot of his top schools over the past year, and I think they're doing it right. I think it's a smart family, and I think they're going to make a decision, but it's not going to be based on, you know, hiring of an analyst uh, last minute. Oh, I, I agree. I think, think they're, they're going to have they've, – they've, you know – when you got a family like
1: the Mannings that have their fingers in so many businesses, right, and so many different business ventures, there's five and ten year plans and all this kind of stuff. They had to know since a freshman when he was tearing things up that hey, this is coming, and they, they've been planning this out for a while, like you said. So I think I think that uh, I don't know how big of a over overarching uh, factor that will be in this in this recruitment.
0: And and I don't think the nil uh, the nil thing is definitely not a big thing because of, you know the manu's have money, but I also think wherever he goes, he's gonna make. I mean, he's gonna make nil money. It doesn't matter where he goes. He's gonna he could go to, uh, you know, anywhere. Pittsburgh. he could go to anywhere and and, and make nil money. So I don't think the nil angle is going to be a factor at all in his in his recruitment either. So.
1: Yeah, and uh, you know, like you said, it never hurts to never hurts to to get some of that money. But they'll put it in like a blind trust or something. Like (laughs) you'll see it later. He won't. He won't. He won't care about any of that kind of stuff. He won't be won't be hurting for sure. Uh, Now, the next question we have is from Mikey P, nineteen eighty three. Y'all heard anything from current recruits about Coach Daribe? uh Uzo de Rebay that that arrived from TCU I have not had anyone that I've spoken to uh yet um talk to me uh, about him he's literally just got on uh campus here at Georgia I did see that you know he is he is starting to make a lot of interactions on social media and all that kind of stuff with uh Georgia high school coaches and and some some prospects around the state current Georgia uh, commits things like that. So, um, you know, he's I think he's just now Jed just kind of starting to wade into this, uh, this new environment. And I'm sure he's uh taking a lot of tips from the current guys on staff.
2: Absolutely. I mean, I, same here. I mean, I did trade some messages with uh Rika Walker over uh, over the past couple days, guy that's you know very versatile. George looking at him outside linebacker and tight end. Um, and he basically, yeah, I've heard from Coach Derebe. Um, so you know, he, like you said, he's starting to you know, make those connections, reach out to these kids. And, you know, that's going to be a part of the job is, you know, we know. I remember talking to kids last year. It was the same thing when, um, when Jamila Die came in. One of the things you do when you come in is you got to text all these, either the kids that are committed and say, hey, you know, we still want you here or, or be all these other kids and say, hey, you're going to be a priority for, um, you know, for me as well as the other position coach. So, um, you know, that's going to be his life for the next couple of weeks. And then he's really going to start hitting the ground running when guys, you know can get on campus again and and really start meeting them and all that kind of stuff
1: yeah it is i'm sure that he has a list that's already been given to him of guys to to pinpoint and go after and he'll be doing his own evaluations as well so no doubt he will uh, hit the ground running when march goes here pretty soon um ou herschel walker do you have an expected timeline for Overton to announce or sign, or will it uh, just be announced whenever he shows up on campus in Athens or College Station or Jackson State with Deion Sanders? So, um, you know, wherever wherever he ends up. Jed, you talked to Overton here lately, uh, you know, when he announced his, his uh, top five schools and that he was reclassifying. Did you get any kind of indication there of, you know, what his timeline would be like?
2: As fun as it would be uh, to to stake out Athens or Texas A&M, uh, looking for LTR to show up, that is not going to be the case. Um, he's going to take a fish, take official visits to all of his top five: Georgia, A&M, Alabama, Oklahoma, and Oregon. And um, I believe he said the plan was either late April, early May. He didn't give a, a definitive timeline on that, but yeah, that's the plan. You know, so it's going to be another couple months. You know, obviously the contact period or the dead period's going to have to lift uh, before he can get on campus at these places and anything like that. So that'll happen and he'll rattle off these official visits. And then, um, yeah, I'd look for late April, early May to, to see where he ends up. Personally, I think it's a Georgia A&M battle. I think it has been a Georgia A&M battle for a while. And, you know, we'll see. It's like kind of, we'll see how much the NIL plays into it. Obviously A&M hasn't uh, shied away from throwing that money around in this class, in the 22 class in particular. So, We'll see. We we will see how it goes. I honestly don't know what to expect at this point, but I do think it's going to be between uh, Georgia A and M.
1: Trent, do the dead period rules apply to Dave Portnoy and Barstool? Do they have to? Do they have to <laughs> stay away from during the dead period?
0: Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I mean i wouldn't i wouldn't assume that 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 has anything to do with the dead. Period. i know i know i'm just <laughs> it's
1: it's kind of turned into a running joke over there you'll see guys drop in on the vault now they say advantage jackson State <laughs> because yeah. uh you know who who knows what what's gonna that that travis hunter uh, commitment and then, then there was a, a a wide receiver uh as well name name escapes me five star at the um, all,
2: Kevin, Kevin yeah, Coleman?
1: Yeah, yeah coleman uh that that you know ends up picking ends up picking Jackson State as well. So, Dion's definitely not done. I just I just always like to throw it in there now that anybody that you don't 100% know where they're going, watch out if Jackson State could uh, pop in there for sure because uh, it's it's crazy stuff. It, anybody Anybody's guess at who, what Dion's doing and how he's going to do it down there. I know a lot of the Power 5 schools are not uh, taking kindly to it at all. Like, they, uh, <laughs> like They're not happy even, about it.
0: Recruiting's gonna be a crap show until they until they do something about, I guess, uh, drawing recruits in on nil money. Uh, I think it's got to be they got to do something because uh, you're gonna see these things happen. I mean, you're gonna see kids go for the money because I mean, the, not all kids are like Arch Manning where they come from a wealthy family. They see money and they're like, hey, I can take care of my family now. I don't have to wait three years. So. Uh, yeah, I just wonder
1: what the odds are in Vegas if you could find a line on does Travis Hunter finish his his college career at? Jackson I mean, State?
0: I I, w- I would definitely one hundred percent go down there and bet no. Uh, you, cool. <laughs> I, I, I think he's gonna. Uh, think he's gonna go. I I, I I honestly think he's gonna go for one year, and I think he's gonna transfer to somewhere, then then get his draft stock up, and hey, let's get drafted. So
1: he could set a whole new trend. He could go one year to Jackson state, go one year to a power five, sit out the third year, do all year draft prep, nothing but commercials and NIL. And then, and then, uh, end up, end up heading to, to the NFL. So who knows? There's lots of trendsetters out there and a lot of, a lot of different things that are, that are, uh, coming about right now. Lake dog, Rob, uh, do the dogs have a legit shot at Cormani McLean? I know that we had a, uh, update recently from Adam Gorney there, Jed, uh, you know, taught, uh, uh, McLean and, and, uh, saw what was going on there. What, what's, uh, what's the feeling on, on Cormani right now?
2: Yeah. I mean, Georgia was, was a school that hadn't been mentioned a whole lot with him. And then he kind of, you know, relatively unexpectedly showed up on campus that last weekend in January. And by all accounts, um, Georgia killed that visit. I mean, it went as well as you could possibly go. And according, uh, to our man, Adam Gorney Georgia is at minimum, you know, one of, of one of the front runners, if not the clear uh, front runner right now With after the, how that visit went. So, you know, it's it's one of those things. He did have a tweet today, or is it today or yesterday, that said something about, you know, coaches leaving, it's hard to build relationships, whatever, something to that effect. Obviously, Jamila die was still at Georgia when he visited. Now he's not. Um, so I don't know if that was about Georgia. That's just that was the first thought that popped to my head. So whoever the new defensive backs coach is, um, we'll have to do a good job of reiterating that. But, but yeah, I mean, Georgia definitely vaulted itself into that race. And no matter who the new defensive backs coach is, Kirby Smart and Will Muschamp are still going to be here who uh, have a little bit of experience playing uh, defensive back college of their own.
1: Oh, no doubt. I think Georgia on the defensive back end, uh, quite honestly, I think uh, Will Muschamp was doing most of the recruiting this, this time around anyways, in, in my opinion, uh, not – not Jamila Dye because I think they were having Jamila Dye focus more on guys down the line, right? Because he didn't get in in time to to have an impact on these class of twenty twenty two guys. Um, so I, you know, I think that'll be a pretty seamless transition and not as big a impact as uh, many would make it. I obviously did a good job for Georgia. Uh, was the coach of the DBs when they won the national championship, but I think that that would be something that whoever they end up replacing with it'll be a rather rather seamless uh, transition right there this next one is an interesting question i couldn't remember it off the top of my head at uh, john adams 88 did we know what the recruiting hashtag for 2023 class isn't it savage savage season savage,
2: savage season and it's a two three in place of the of the z right yeah Sa- savage between- season i believe
1: is is what that is so they they get pretty creative with those they always find uh find ways to do it man i was looking trent uh you, you'll appreciate this too i was looking at pictures from back when sony michelle and uh, and uh, nick chubb and all those guys committed the graphics department at georgia has come a long way i mean it looks like you know joe smith in his basement with a with a 999 photoshop license or something was just kind of kind of piecing stuff together for them back then and now it's uh, it's pretty unbelievable what they're able to do with their graphics
0: yeah, and it's pretty interesting how it's trickled down to high school. I was looking today, and I saw high schools, uh, you know, high school baseball starting, and I saw some high school baseball stuff where they were putting out their players or announcing players and having the the lights and stuff behind each player. And, uh, yeah, all, all that stuff's come a long way, and it's definitely come a long way at Georgia. Georgia's, uh, Georgia's department's top-notch now. When You know, back in the day, it was not so much, so
1: oh yeah now when you when you talk about high schools and stuff like especially in the state of georgia parkview and and buford two two programs that have unbelievable graphics of grayson as well i mean you're right i mean it's it's almost like you know there's no recruiting in high school right well don't tell that to these programs uh the the grayson's the buford's the gainesville's all that are that are really ramping up these uh, graphics efforts because what do these kids see all the time? They see social media. They're like, Oh, that's cool. I, you know, I may want to go there just because of just because of uh, how this program is, is, you know, presenting itself online and things like that. So you're absolutely right. It's, it's trickled down for sure. Jed, what, what we got from big dog eight, eight, five.
2: Yeah. Mr. Big dog says if Nico, I, I am, I am a question mark, wants to commit to UGA in the spring. Does Kirby take his commitment or hold out for arch?
0: I think there's a question mark next to that uh, because I think that it'll all depend on how they feel about Arch. I, I think uh, Alabama's in it with both Georgia's in it with both. I think you might see uh, one kid at one school, one kid at the other. So I think you're just going to see, um, and, and that that decision might give give away Arch, Arch's decision, but uh, I think it'll depend on how Georgia feels about him, how Alabama feels about Arch, how Georgia feels about Arch at that time, um, to see where he goes. Uh, I, I definitely think Arch is the number one guy uh, on the target list, but uh, Nico is definitely up there.
1: Well, when Nico, you know, says he's going to make a decision in April or May, when whenever it ends up being, if it's that soon, that'll really tell us who, who thinks they have a legitimate shot at Arch, right? Uh, because they're going to, they're going to push all the chips to the center of the table and say, okay, go ahead, Nico, sign where you need to sign. And the others are going to, Going to stand put and say, "All right, we're we're not going to fold. We're going to wait in here and, and see see what happens." So uh, it's going to be a interesting interested timeline for sure when it comes to what does Nico do and then what does Arch Manning, uh, ho- who stays in the Arch Manning sweep se- sweepstakes subsequent to that for sure. A little bit of uh, breaking news right here, guys. Looks um, like Caden Proctor from uh, Des Moines, Iowa, has just put out his top seven schools he's six foot eight 330 pounds um and georgia made those schools so he's got uh, michigan oregon alabama notre dame georgia penn state and iowa not a guy that we even really talked about a lot on the or talked about at all when we talked about offensive line but this is a huge class for georgia and he's he's one of the top tackles in the country so uh, we'll follow up with that for you and try to get uh get you know get some information from that uh, and get it out to you in the in the coming days. Um UGA farm dog, he has a little fun question here. Any twenty three and three prospects from Bishop Sycamore that Georgia is after disappointed that we didn't uh sign any in the 2022 class. Yeah, that Bishop Sycamore thing was wild. Uh, it's uh it's amazing that ESPN let that happen. But yeah, I don't I don't think any of those kids actually ended up going anywhere. I don't I don't know. Some of them so. are 25 years old.
2: I think, Manti I think uh ex girlfriend has a has a little brother. She was, brother. A, she was so, the
0: cheerleading coach. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: they're they're in there. So um, you know, maybe we'll we'll see about that.
0: Golly.
1: It was it was a crazy time, <laughs> right? crazy time. Scuffletown dog. Any insight about Nichols Harbor and UGA? Uh, he said I watched his huddle and he is awesome. Hope the new coach Deribe has been in contact. Listen, if. Whether Coach Darribay has been in contact with Nichols Harbor or not, I can't. I can't definitively say, but I will say this: Georgia is very, 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 very interested in Nichols Harbor. There is uh, not many people that can run the way that he can. The time that he threw down the 200, uh, I think it was sub 21 in the in the 200. I mean, he was he was absolutely flying. Big athletic kid, Nichols Harbor Scuffle. You are you are exactly right. Uh, Nichols, Nichols Harbor is somebody that um, I, I spoke to not too long ago, and he told me that uh, him and, and Kirby Smart talk very often. Uh, so he's he's uh, got a very good rapport with Georgia, and he's looking to make a visit uh, this spring or summer down to Athens for sure. Showing up 253, with today's college football offenses, which position group would you say is the most vital and one we, Georgia, must recruit at an elite level i think it's different for georgia because georgia's done it differently than every
0: other team trent i i would continue to say offense line because i think uh offense line is uh you know the way the way georgia played this year you still have to have the offense line to, to pass pro but you got to have them to um you got to still have that run blocking that can get the push and uh i would say the most important position is still office line um and, and you know you you could go wide receiver you could go uh uh i don't think running backs as important anymore but it is in Georgia's system so I, but i but i do think offense line for, on the offense
1: yeah i mean you you definitely you definitely have to be able to to methodically move the football right and and georgia's looking for those expo- explosive plays as well but that time of possession seems to be their uh you know a big contributing factor when you have that that suffocating defense on the other side that Georgia, I feel like will always have as long as uh, Kirby Smart is the coach. And then we got our final question of the night from the vault, and then we're going to hit some YouTube comments. So guys, if if you're on YouTube watching, you want to ask some questions, uh, we got a few minutes, so hit some uh, comments in the YouTube, and after this question from the vault, we'll get to them. So uh, people watching, like I said, put some comments in the YouTube and we'll get to him, but uh, Jed, what's Lewis 6 got to say from the vault?
2: It says, "Would we accept Tank as a transfer given the immediate logjam/slash problems it would cause with K and K? Assuming that's Kendall Milton and Kenny McIntosh."
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not Dell McGee, but I say, if if Tank Bigsby's on the market and wants to come to Georgia, you sign that deal in a hurry. Uh, just bring him on in, then we'll let the chips fall where they may.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I think if you sign Tank, Dejan probably transfers, but. Uh, i think i think you would uh, uh you would still have your three guys upperclassmen up there just like you would with deja there so uh yeah i mean if tank hits the portal you gotta you gotta think um del mcgee is gonna be one of his first phone calls yeah now Absolutely.
1: it could be interesting if brian harson is fired uh tonight tomorrow whatever you know uh Del McGee may be one of the first phone calls that Auburn makes uh, to be their their next head coach. Uh, so you know, we, who who knows uh, how that could how that could turn out. Uh, now you know whether that uh, Georgia would be able to continue to every time there's been a threat, right? Georgia's been able to give give uh, Coach McGee a little little pay bump and uh, let him know how much he's appreciated and keep him around. But eventually, somebody's going to come knocking, and uh, you know Auburn could be could be that school we'll see we'll see about that but um it's going to be interesting guys as as that goes on uh, about the fiasco with michigan right now and and people need to just pay attention to all these coaches staffs trent because you it used to be a a big 10 school or or you know something like that didn't really affect you that much but now with Georgia recruiting all over the nation and all over the world they had a guy that uh, a guy that it was originally from Nigeria that's now in in Maryland a guy from Europe that's now in Connecticut that they've offered in the last week it's a truly a uh, worldwide search for talent for Georgia
0: yeah no doubt no, I think I think it all started you know back back in when when Kirby started landed Isaiah Wilson and and uh, they've kind of uh, expanded out they've landed some guys from California. And you know, landed uh, Philadelphia, Xavier Truss up in Rhode yeah. Island. Um, I, I, I think Kirby has taken it from more of a uh, a regional uh, land the top guys in your region to a national uh, standpoint. Uh, you know, since he's been here. Yeah, and uh, the the amount of guys, like I said, that they're they're they're
1: starting to bring in from from Texas, and they're targeting from Texas now. You know, it's always been traditionally for years it was california texas and florida that was were the places that produced the most talent i think the the high school ball in the state of georgia has risen to where it's as high quality as any of those states in my opinion in terms of who they're putting out and, and things like that especially quarterbacks uh you know georgia of course missed out on a, on on a lot of these or didn't uh, didn't handle maybe the situation right when it comes to like you know Deshaun Watson came through Georgia, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields. So, I mean, there's a ton of talent that, that came uh, out of the state of Georgia recently, the quarterback position, and even more um, when you talk about all the other positions. But I, I think that Georgia being able to dip into those traditional powers of Texas and California, Brock Bowers coming from California, and, and do that consistently, Jed, that makes Georgia just that more formidable uh, going forward year in and year
2: out. Yeah, and like you said, when you get those guys, you develop those relationships with with coaches in that area. I mean, over the summer, Ani White obviously went elsewhere, but you know Georgia can go to Ani White's high school coaches. Hey, we got DeAndre Swift from up here. Mark Webb, um, Tykey Smith had had just transferred in at the time, so you you start building these relationships. It's always been thought, you know, hey, you build the relationships with coaches in your state, neighboring states, but Kirby Smart has taken this thing it's nationwide now and the national championship obviously only helps that brand. And, you know, that's the type of thing that, um, you know, that that's going to fuel this Georgia recruiting machine for years to come.
1: Helps the brand helps his helicopter. He got rid of that yellow one, (laughs) got a red one after winning the natty, you know, I mean, it's all kinds of (laughs) it's onward and upward when it comes to to Georgia in terms of that kind of stuff. But to your point with the, kind of the relationships uh, kind of splitting out off of the guys that you get Dylan bell, that's coming in from Texas this time. Who hosted him? It was Adonai Mitchell. And Adonai Mitchell, yeah, he graduated from a school in Tennessee his senior year, but he was originally from the state of, of uh Texas, right? Lewis Seen, a Texas guy, but originally from Massachusetts. Now you got Jonelle Aguiro. Um, who is up there in Massachusetts at Georgia's heavy after in this class of 2023. So it's all about connections, all about relationships. And speaking of relationships, we appreciate the relationship with you guys here watching the show each week. Um, Make sure to do us a favor, hit the subscribe button, turn on notifications. If you don't subscribe to the UGA sports.com vent or vault, you need to get on there today so you can Ask us questions each week. Be first to get the breaking news, all that kind of stuff. And uh, guys, we really appreciate it. This has been another episode of Rumors versus Facts. I am Blaine Gilmer for Jed May and Trent Smallwood, and we will catch you guys next week for on Monday, Monday night for another episode of UGA Sports Rumors versus Facts.